<laughs> this is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I love that our special guest has two very distinctly different talents. First, he has a stellar reputation for set designs on such iconic shows as Saturday Night Live. Woohoo! And he's going to the dogs in a very positive way as the founder of My Positive Up. So let's give pause and applause to a set designer with plenty of woof, Ken McLeod. Welcome to the show, Ken. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. It's an honor. I'm so nervous because you like know how to deal with SNL, Saturday Night Live, and I'm like, I, all of a sudden I was getting tongue-tied. That's not me. I've been on this show for 13 years. But we're going to find out a lot about Ken after we pay for this show by taking this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. Oh, behave. We'll be right back. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Welcome to Fall and Winter. Now, this is a great time to take your dog on a hike in the woods, maybe go on a camping trip or a road trip. But just like us, changes in weather can actually impact the skin and ears of our dogs and cats. So if you got a pet who's scratching his ears, chewing on his coat or rolling in mud, help is here. Zymox. For inflamed and itchy paws and coats, you can use the Zymox topical spray. For itchy and irritated ear issues, you can use Zymox Enzymatic Ear Solution. And for baths, you can treat your dog or cat to Zymox shampoo and conditioners. Now, Zymox has been your pet's safe and trusted health ally for 20 plus years. So you can pick up Zymox at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty stores, and online. To learn more, just visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X. Do it for your pet. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, Ken McLeod, say the name, say the name, say the name, because he's got plenty to woof about. He's been a set designer on Saturday Night Live. Let's keep going. You've been with the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You helped as a sketch artist, I guess. Yes, yes. America's Funniest Commercials, NBC. 
Yes, that was a while ago. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. We got a lot of things. But during COVID, instead of having a pity party, this great guy decided to go back to dog school. So Ken McLeod, tell us what happened during COVID? Because you've always had a love of dogs and you're very talented in set designs. You know what, what had happened to me and I think with the whole dog training thing, especially with COVID, was at Saturday Night Live when I had first started there, I was given a crew of a lot of Iraq vets, the guys who had served served in war. Okay. And um, when I first met them, they weren't, they were great soldiers hands down, but they were a bit clumsy when it came to props and lighting and stuff like that. So one of the things that I figured I'd, I'd do instead, I didn't want to ever want to criticize them because God knows what they've done for our country. So what I did was I started complimenting them about everything that they did do well. It wasn't a whole bunch of stuff at first. So what I started noticing is that, you know, the more I complimented them, the harder they worked for me, the better they became, the more dedicated they were with the job. And I started thinking to myself, wow, this is really something. So it wasn't until a few years later that the dog training came into my life because of my dog, Scooter, who was reactive. And I realized this couldn't be something that could go on forever. So what had happened with COVID, back to the the COVID situation, was I was nervous at first to even do FaceTime training sessions or Zoom sessions. And what had blown me away when I first started was dogs have to learn in a low-distraction environment. So because I actually wasn't at anybody's house, by present, the dog's learning was going through the roof. Well, you know what I'm going to say. It went through the woof. <laughs> right, right. So I decided to continue and I, I used my dog, Scooter, who was really good for him as like my demo dog. Okay. And um, Scooter is a very, very hardworking dog. We do quite a few lessons per week. I have another dog, Jersey, who is a mini Australian shepherd, and she's just starting to get into my classes and, and be a demo dog. Okay. Um, she is six months, so... Congratulations. You've now done the wonder year. You wonder where your sanity is going. Yes. And that's so true. I wish I did. And that's what I try to convince my clients of. Puppies can be harder than children for the first year, no doubt. So you're helping the guys and gals on your set at Saturday Night Live. You're seeing that compliments produce results. You've always loved dogs. I mean, it's kind of a, a big leap from set design to sit and set, right? You know, it is and it isn't. And I think like, you know, for me, it's so great seeing everyone come along and learn and being able to learn and learn quickly. And, you know, when I met my guys at SNL, you know, like I said, they were probably one of the worst crews in New York. But I will say this now, they are without a doubt one of the top crews in New York. I, I, wow. They have come so far. They are just amazing. They never disappoint. I owe them the world. I really, really do. They've made my life a whole lot easier. Can you help us out a little bit? Because we see the people on the set doing the monologues, doing the the skits and all that. But these sets are pretty intricate. So when did you get on board with Saturday Night Live? And what's been something you can share with us? I know I want everybody after the show to to go to his website, which is KenMcLeod.com. That's K-E-N-M-A-C-L-E-O-D.com. And also we're going to get into my positive pup dot com, which is easy too. But we want to go to Saturday Night Live with somebody that's a great tour guide, somebody that knows a set designer, you. So tell us what it's like. So backstage. Look, Saturday Night Live is is made up of two separate units. There is the live show. Yep. And that's what happens at Rockefeller Center. And then there is the pre-tapes. And okay. I work on one of the pre-tapes. There are three separate 
film pre-tape units, each having its own producer, director, designer, wow. crew, and everything. So before COVID, we would be all over the city. Sometimes we'd be shooting on location in Brooklyn or Manhattan or, or Queens. It, it didn't matter where we were, but we were all over. So what, when COVID happened, we could no longer go to locations. Uh, uh oh. So what the producers did um, was they got us an enormous facility in Brooklyn. I, I'm not allowed to say where, but a, 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 like an 80,000 square foot facility in Brooklyn. So all the film unit stuff is now done in Brooklyn. The, the really? job, yes, much, much different these days because everything we do now is a set versus before we would go to certain locations. So it's actually made the production designer's job, my job, and the other set designers much harder because yeah. there were plenty of times we would keep our fingers crossed and go, oh, thank God we're going to Brooklyn today in a church or we're going to go to a, an auto place. It's like, we don't have to stay up all night and draw and draft and all of that. Oh my God, so, that's right. Right. So Wednesday nights, what happens is we get our script around nine o'clock. We then go into a meeting, a Zoom meeting now with the writers who wrote the script, the director, the director of photography comes on, producer comes on, and we chat sometimes very quickly, sometimes long. I'm always hoping that it goes quickly because once we hang up, then at that point, I start designing. Yeah, you don't have a lot of time. This isn't two months production. This is no, no, days. No, 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 no. It's not, not much time. So I start designing Wednesday night, and then I start drafting, and then my drawings go to the shop. Um, they have to be there by 7 in the morning on Thursday. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so then Thursday, the shop starts building everything and then thursday afternoon or thursday night the sets show up but in the meantime we have a rewrite so what we've already built need to be cut or added to oh it's insane and then is it time for aspirin or a shot of whiskey a klonopin um, <laughs> good one all right. right so then from there we um on thursday night the sets come we start setting them up they don't come painted we have to have the scenes come in and paint the oh electricians come in and light my set dressers come in and start dressing friday morning cash shows up they go into hair and makeup we start shooting anywhere five six o'clock in the morning we shoot all day friday that's just our unit another unit will start shooting at six o'clock friday night Really? So, yes. So what happens uh, is um, come Saturday, we're all done. We're done. The film units are done. Well, you're literally done. I don't think you got more than two hours sleep. Now the editors have to get everything. Okay. We don't get much sleep. We don't get, we don't get much sleep. From Wednesday to Saturday, just humor me. How many hours of sleep do you think you get in that stretch? You know, some more than others, some none. There were times we just, I've slept in the back of my, my, um, my truck before, you know. Really? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot because there is no time. You must love Sundays. Sundays must be, I am resting. I am going to sleep. But also like too, what happens on Saturday because we're not on the show. You know what okay. I mean? That's, that's the film unit's day off. Now okay. the show has this whole time been building sets, prepping sets, getting uh. sets ready, bringing them to 30 Rock. And also understand like, you know, like I said, now it's COVID. So yeah. we all have to keep our distance. You know, we're used to crawling literally all over each other. So it's been a challenge. It has been a challenge. But I have to say, honestly, the people I work with, they're the best. I mean, they're just unbelievably dedicated, hardworking people. So with this, is there anything on set that you guys could ever reuse or do they have some kind of filing thing that shows certain things you can grab? Or Yes, there's certain things that we have. More often than not, we don't because just things are so unique often. Like if we do what I call under the roof sets, like as bedrooms, living rooms, kitchens and stuff like that, there's a lot of that. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it has to be a bank. It has to be... Oh. Um, 
you know, a gym. It has to be a forest. So that's all from scratch. We don't do a lot, a lot of green screen stuff. It's, it's pretty much everything you see, especially with the film stuff is, is real. There is times, of course, we do shoot green screen, but, but because yeah. of COVID, it really has changed the way in which we work because we no longer go to locations. Hopefully next year we will. I'm keeping my paws crossed because this show is a, is a pet show. How did you get into all this? I mean, seriously, that's a talent. I couldn't pass um, business school when I was at school. <laughs> oh, darn. You couldn't be a banker. Darn right, it. Right. right. I had a, one in one was very difficult for me. So I um, went to film school. And when I came out of film school, it was just, it was an accident. I happened to fall into a studio that wanted an intern. And I worked in, at this place for a whole year and I got an opportunity to start designing commercials and that's when it kind of all took off and I was very very fortunate with in a lucky career with um with the film career that I've had how long have you been with Saturday Night Live I think this is my seventh or eighth season you forget how long you've been there after two shows because it's just so intense <laughs> who's a couple of your favorite cast members on the show and we know you love them all because you're a positive guy we're going to get into that you know i do i like them all i don't have have a favorite so to speak i don't have a favorite so to speak i, I don't want to say that i do because they're all fantastic and, yeah. and the one thing i will say about the cast they are a hard, hard working group of oh, people. Yeah. They are with us. You know, if we're shooting till four o'clock in the morning, they're there till four o'clock in the morning. Um, so there is no whining on the show. There's maybe wine, but right, no whining. Right. Okay. All right. Um, but they're, they're all wonderful. And I, and I want to say it that way. They're all great. Yeah. Hey guys, we're talking with Ken McLeod. You got to check him out. Not only is he a set designer on Saturday Night Live, as, as we, after this commercial break, we'll find out. He's going to the dogs in a very positive way as the founder of A Positive Pup. There, I popped all my peas for my producer, Mark Winter. So everybody just sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Pause up, everybody. Arden Moore here from the O Behave Show. Got a good book for your ears. We're talking about the Macmillan audiobook called When Harry Met Minnie. It's a memoir from Martha Teichner. Yep, that same CBS Sunday Morning News correspondent. It's about how her dog, Minnie, met Harry, another bull terrier. But it's more than that. It's more than a boy dog meets girl dog fairy tale. Because what transpires is a deep and meaningful friendship between two women with complicated lives and a mutual love of bull terriers. Please order When Harry Met Minnie today, wherever audiobooks are sold. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Margaret Cho. I'm with Arden Moore on the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. So please listen. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to O Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm having a great time. Why? Because my special guest is Ken McLeod. He knows how to get the most out of all sentient beings using positive techniques. So not only is he a talented set director for Saturday Night Live and other places, during COVID, he's like, I'm going to go check out Karen Pryor's training. She's a very well-acclaimed dog trainer and 
I, I think she's one of the top dogs in the world of positive reinforcement. And he said, I'm going to start a company. It's going to be called My Positive Pup. I want you all to check that out after the show. It's based in uh, North Jersey, I guess, in the Hoboken. New York area. Hoboken. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and you have a great dog you were telling us about. Well, we're going to get into Scooter's reactivity a little bit and your new dog, Jersey. So when you're not setting up designs on Saturday Night Live, you're reaching uh, dogs. So can we get into that? Because I think this is fascinating. So um, with the dog training for me, I've always, I tell my clients, I'm not training your dog, I'm training you how to train your dog. Very and good. One of the things that Karen Pryor Academy had really, really, that I enjoyed so much was you don't yell at your dog. You don't scold your dog. You show your dog what it is you want your dog to do and reinforce that. And I have seen too many people, you know, walk around with iPhones and, and <laughs> with yeah. their dogs. And I've always, uh, always said to myself, did you know, did you get a dog to walk your iPhone? So I wanted to really educate people on it because I, mean, I love dogs. So one of the first things I, I tell everybody is, you know, you can't say eh, 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 or the dog's name over and over. Let's give them an alternate behavior. And I show them through positive reinforcement, how when the dog does something good, you want to clap, you want to applaud, follow up with a little treat. Often I've found that people are like, well, why can't my dog do it without treats? And I, and I will say to them, well, we don't go to work without getting paid. Very and, good. And I also say, you know, it's a treat. It's, it's all it is. We aren't causing world war over this. You know what I mean? We're just giving them little, little crumbs. And so the way that I, that I set up the sessions is I know what I teach works. And I've seen it work over and over and over again. And it's really science-based. And what has happened, because I get, we get these results so fast, it makes the client really happy, obviously. It makes them feel that they're accomplishing something. So, it, and it's also really important for me to express to my clients, this is how dogs talk, that until the dog understands that you're actually trying to teach them something, then you will have a conversation with your dog, so to speak. And with my dog, Scooter, like I said, it's, it wasn't until that I actually noticed the one day a light went off in him. It's like, oh, I get it. You're trying to teach me this. And I see it all the time with all the dogs that I train. And to see that light go off in both the, my clients and the dog, I mean, it's, you know, it's it, honestly, it's the most rewarding thing. Yeah, let's do a 411 on Scooter. First of all, he's kind of a rare breed in, uh, uh, in the 50 states. You mentioned it before we hopped on the show. And give me a specific about his reactivity and how you've been able to work with Scooter. So what happened with Scooter was when I originally got Scooter, I had all these dreams of going to cancer wards with him and um, having him lick everybody's faces and he'd be the greatest therapy dog in the world. After, when he was about six, seven months old, we were walking down one of our main streets in, in Hoboken and he went up to a little, little dog and started sniffing and bit him. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, what's this about? And I started noticing more and more these lunging behaviors, these behaviors of barking at everything. And, and I realized, oh my God, he's reactive. He's horrified. So at that point, I went into what is called counter conditioning, where every time Scooter would see another dog or whatever that he was afraid of, I would click and give him a treat and say, friend, friend, or I would have him turn and watch me. Okay. So over time... What Scooter now does is when he sees another dog, he just turns and he looks at me. He Excellent. no longer freaks out or barks or, or any of that. 
However, I will say this, we don't introduce Scooter to every single dog he meets it is, he, and he's fine with that. Yeah. And unlike my little one, the, the newest one in the family, Jersey, she will lick you to death. Well, there may be your therapy dog. Right. So what happened was about six or seven months ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, I noticed that Scooter was starting to get more interest in other dogs. He'd just kind of go up and sniff. He wasn't freaking out. He was. I could see in his body language that he was more calm. So I said to my wife, I said, you know, what do you think? Maybe like, what do you think? It might be good for, for Scooter. And Jersey and Scooter are the happiest, best buddies in the world. It's the greatest thing. Scooter's reactivity has really, really subsided quite a bit, Good. but really with a ton, a ton of work. Um, and, and I think for me as an introvert and having work at Saturday Night Live and you get scripts on Wednesday night and you gulp and you're horrified and you're turning white, you know, saying that I was like, my dog, oh my God, this is, must be the same thing, if not worse for him. And he can't go to a therapist or do whatever he needs to do. So I, it was my mission to help Scooter and, and I feel as a mission accomplished. And it's also my mission to really educate that when your dog's freaking out, they're afraid. Don't yell at them. Don't yell at them for something they're afraid of. It's just going to make it worse. Yes, on your site, uh, My Positive Pup, I love this. There's a pullout that says, I rarely tell a dog no. Telling your dog no doesn't teach them anything. So you're not the bully. You're the pack leader, right? Well, I, I, this oh, I mean, not the pack leader. I mean, <laughs> you're not the bully. Right. Not I, kinda, I, I look at it like, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I, for me, I look at it as you're part of the family. Okay. Um, and I don't look at like who is the leader or who is the, this or that. You could be the benevolent leader, the keeper of all good things. Right. And, and that's what I express to people. Dogs like us have feelings. They have yeah. happy, they have sad, all of it. And well, the other thing I tell my clients all the time is notice when your dog is happy. Notice all their, the body language, the ears, the tail, good. the back, everything, and take a picture of it in your brain. And anything other than that, start noticing a lot. And you okay. can start seeing the personality of the dog. So yeah, that's how I feel. I, I try to bring out the good. We want to see the good. We don't want to keep people down or, or dogs down. You want to make them happy. Yeah. It's about enrichment. Well, what's been your take on COVID from the dog's point of view? Because a lot of people are staying in place and they are taking their dogs on walks. That's good and bad. I call them COVID dogs. I get a lot of phone calls that my dog's freaking out when I leave home. Well, you have okay. home. So I work with a lot of people who have dogs who have separation anxiety because of COVID. And we've been able to work through quite a bit. But one of the things I did notice with COVID was for reactive dogs, it was actually the perfect training time because there were no buses, there were no cars, there were very few other people. So things uh, a minimum on distractions. What a dog would normally go over threshold for us now isn't. So my clients who had reactive dogs are still once reactive, always reactive, but have been able to really work through the reactivity with the dogs. And they're much calmer now. And the slow buildup of coming back into life has helped the dog. So it's not a rush, you know, yeah. in the face when you walk out. You know, my town, Hoboken, where I live, it's one square mile. It's 55,000 people. And we probably have about 30,000 dogs. Yeah. You know, it, it's a lot. And um, so it's not like living in the country by any means. You know, what I like about you, Ken, is you can take a challenge and you can make a positive impact. I mean, where did you get that positivity? Was your mom and dad good to you? Did they? Yeah, my, my mom and dad, I think, you know, one, one of the things that happened to me when I was a kid was I, I was on a ski team, a ski okay. club, and I used to ski the slalom course. And this is what actually got my brain going as an adult thinking back to it was every time I would come through a gate correctly, my coach on the side would ring one of those cowbells. 
Okay. And if I didn't go through a gate correctly, he, I wouldn't hear the call bell. So at the end of the run, he would only ever talk to me about the gates that I went through correctly. So as wow. a kid, I'm kind of like waiting, like, well, when are you going to say like the ones I didn't go through? Like, what, like, you know, what did I goof on? But he never, ever did. And sure enough, now in my life, I'm an amazing skier. I was an amazing skier then because all I did was in my brain was look at the positive stuff I was doing. Wow. So not until I became an adult because of that, did I realize, look, I can get a whole lot more out of people if I just click and treat them. Can we clone you? Yes. Well, you know, it's funny. My, my wife clicks the clicker and I wash the dishes. So, you know. Good. Good, Ken. Good, Ken. You know what, though? But that's a good mindset to be in, don't you think? We need a more uh, a dose of Ken and positivity. I think, it, I think, think it's, really, it's really what we all have to practice more of. I think we all have to practice a lot more patience, a lot more love, a lot more kindness. And I think we also have to really tell each other when we're doing a great job. Because it's so important. Recognition for good work is, is vital. I mean, rock stars do not become rock stars because of the money. That doesn't come later. They become rock stars because you walk out on stage, they're all going nuts. That's mm -hmm. reinforcement. And that's what we all need in our lives. We need people to tell us you know, way more often, hey, you're all right. You're doing a good job. Thank you. So when you were younger, were you a big SNL fan, Saturday Night Live? Did you watch it all the time, like the days of, you know, Aykroyd and, and uh, not a Lucy? Lot, not a lot. I, I did, not a lot. And I never thought I'd end up at Saturday Night Live. It was the, the, the furthest thing. And I never wanted to actually go to Saturday Night Live. So I, my wife had worked there and she kind of said, hey, they're looking for somebody. What do you think? Give it a shot. So I said, all right, I'm get nothing else going on. And I did and just never left. It, it's one of those things. It's such an iconic show and they always have to be relevant. And it sounds like you're doing that with dogs and their people and you're doing it with the sets. So what do you do for fun when you can't ski? <laughs> that's a bit of a problem. We love to ski. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> we, we, like I said, we have a, we have a house up in Vermont. We hike an awful lot. Okay. Um, we take the dogs out quite a bit and we do a lot of fun training with the dogs. We don't set up formal training sessions. We've kind of incorporated it in our lives. We just started the dogs in agility without, with some of my other clients, which, which will be fun. And I just have to plug this in. I'm an enormous Bruce Springsteen fan. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Me too from New Jersey. And I want to also say too, that my dog Scooter, Scooter and the Big Man came from 10th Avenue Freeze Out in Jersey Girl also too, because of Bruce. And we can't wait till COVID's over because we all want to go back to Bruce shows so badly. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I do know on your positive pup, you do make uh 20% of your proceeds you donate, right? Yes, I do. I, at the end of the year, at the end, when it's time to do taxes, I take the 20% and I, and I give it to the ASPCA. I love that. Yeah. Any parting message for all of us who love our dogs and want to get rid of COVID? Patience, 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 patience. It's, it's going to happen and way more love, way more peace, way more love and peace. I hope to have you back on our show. We're speaking with Ken McLeod. He is the founder of My Positive Pup. And as you've learned, he's a set designer on Saturday Night Live, a talented one who gets few hours of sleep between Wednesday and Saturday morning, but it's all worth it. And then he goes to the dogs and he helps them. I, I wish the best for Scooter. It sounds like Scooter is in good pause with you, Ken. Yes, yes, he is. Thank you. And Jersey, Jersey's a lucky pup that won the puppy lotto. Seriously. Yes, yes she, did. she did. She <laughs> did. And yes. I'm terrible on the slope. So I say, you go, man. You go, man. And so thank you so much for being a part of this show. I really do appreciate it, Ken. Great. Thanks a bunch. It was awfully wonderful to be here. All right. At this time, I got to give a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the wizard of pause as he is the creator of all the shows on Pet Life Radio. 
the world's largest pet radio network. Please, guys, go visit ArdenMoore.com. And as you know, I'm a master in pet first aid with my team of Kona the dog and Casey the cat. So if you want to learn how to take care of the uh uh-ohs, please go to Pet First Aid for you. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.